Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. So instead of winging it, you need a clear plan in front of you so you can make good, confident decisions inside of your business for your team, for your clients, and actually, most importantly, for yourself as the salon CEO. So this plan will guide you in the right direction, uh, and it's going to help you with what you need to do next, the right next thing for the stage and the phase of business that you are currently in with your salon. So below you can download the nine-part plan. Um, And I'm going to walk you through the Salon Mastery Business Assessment. We'll do it together. And at the end, you're going to know exactly what you'll need to focus on in your business. So I suggest you download it, either print it, or you can use your phone or any other digital drawing device. All you need is a red, green, and orange, the ability to do a red, green, and orange, or, or just to draw. So pen and paper is fine, or a digital pen, or a color editing. Um, then I want you to come back to this video and let's step through it together. And you can push pause now, go ahead and get ready. Um, otherwise, let's get started. All right, ready to go. Got your pen. Let's go down to the assessment piece and I'm going to step you through piece by piece. Let's start by just looking at the three pillars. Uh, the three pillars in any business is we need to be able to attract and serve dream clients not any clients but dream clients clients that love us love what we do but we actually love spending time with them in return we also need to nail how we can attract recruit attract um, employ and grow a rock star team your business is nothing without a team and finally we need to have a strategic plan not only for ourselves but a financial plan um, and, a, and a plan on how to manage ourselves as business owners. So within those three pillars, there are nine parts to this plan, each having three. So I want to start with client attraction. And the first thing that we need to nail is to be able to uh, attract ideal clients. We need to know who is our ideal client, um, not any client, but the perfect client. We can... I think the mistake people make is they try to attract anybody, all of the people when we serve everybody because you've got the everybody inside of your business. But for you to be able to attract clients into your business, you need to be very clear on who you are speaking to. So number one is ideal client. Um, We also need to be able to build a following in today's environment. How do we build a list or a digital following of potential clients who can become customers in the future? And if we know who we're trying to serve and we're building a following of people, then we need a strategy to turn that following into true into true clients. I call it bums and seat strategy. How do we get them off our socials or off our email list and into the chair inside of our systems, inside of our salon? So I'm going to call strategy number one, bums and seats. 
or bums on beds, whichever, whichever works for you. So in terms of your ability to attract ideal clients, build a following and get them bums on seats, would you give yourself a red, a green or an orange and your ability to do that on demand, like when you need them? So when you need to attract clients, you've always got new clients coming in. Um, and that you can kind of manage that as a systemized process. So if you're really good at that and that there's a flow of new clients constantly coming into the business and you know how to get clients in when you have empty chairs, then I would give yourself a green or the number one. Number ones are for winners. So um, if you don't have colored pens, you can either put a one here. But if you have colored pens on you, then I'm going to suggest you put uh, green if you are really good at doing that. If you are orange, orange means that, um, do you know what? I kind of got it nailed. It's okay. It needs some attention, but it's not terrible. Then you would give yourself an orange. If you think I just have not nailed how to attract clients, I'm constantly doing deals and trying a bunch of stuff, sticking against the, uh, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall and nothing sticking, and it really is broken. You've got more team members sitting around out the back room, twiddling their thumbs, playing on their phone, and you don't know how to attract clients when you need them, then I would give yourself a red or the number three, depending if you've got your colored pens on you. All right. So the next thing, we're going to talk about smashing sales. It's one thing to be able to attract clients into the salon, but it's another thing to be able to sell to them. Now, I know in the hair and beauty industry, most people do not want to be salespeople. I totally get it, but we do need to build a culture of sales, a sales culture. And I think this is really fundamentally important if we want to be able to make ends meet. Money does make the world go round. It is the currency. So we do need to be good at sales. But I want you to have a winning culture, um, a winning sales culture that is positive. I do believe selling is serving. So let's go number one is sales culture. Number two is actually, am I coaching my team? Do I have a way or a system that I can get in front of my team and coach them on how to be better at selling and serving our clients? And number three is um, track. Am I tracking success? Because if somebody starts here and they're starting to perform, you need to be able to track that they're doing better. Do I have a good tracking system that tells us the score along the way? Because equally, if someone's performing here and they start to perform down here over, over time, do you have a tracking system that tells, it you, tells you that you're improving or getting worse over time, not just any given week in a silo? So again, I want you to go, do you know what? I don't do those things or I don't do them well enough. It's completely broken and we're shit at selling. <laughs> then give yourself a red. If you, um, or a three, if you're like, do you know what? We're okay. There's so much room to improve, but you know, we're not terrible. Then give yourself a, a yellow or an orange, depending on where you are in the world or the number two. Do you know, if you say, look, do you know what, Larissa, we nail this. We maximize, we have people doing four or $5,000 a week. Um, the girls are fully booked and they're doing high ticket services and I'm tracking it all um, and I have a good system for coaching. Then give yourself a green and good for you. All right. Part three of the nine-part plan is client experience. Do we have a system for creating a 10 out of 10 client experience? So number one, where am I going to put this? Number one is 10 out of 10 experience. We need a system to create a 10 out of 10 experience. 
all of the time. What does 10 out of 10 actually look like in your salons? Do your team know how to do it and if they are doing it or not? Number two is, do I have a system for consultations? Not just any consultations, but consultations that convert. Convert as in they clients come back, clients upgrade, clients have all of the services that they wanted, but maybe even didn't know that they needed. They're having those two. So do you have a system for consultations that convert? And most, most important when it comes to the client experience, part of the plan is, is it consistent? Is my experience in the consultation consistent from one stylist or therapist to the next? So the client comes to this stylist or therapist. Um, is it the same? Does she get the same experience? Or does she get the same experience from one visit to the next? Next consistency builds a brand. And if you're inconsistent from one stylist or therapist to the next or one visit to the next, then you don't have a great client experience. So number three we're going to say is uh, consistency. And number two, just because I forgot to write it there, is consults that convert. All right. How would you rate yourself in that department? Are you green? I'm nailing this and everybody's consistent all of the time. Are you orange? We're doing most of those things some of the time, but it's not consistent. Red, I've got no processes. I've got no, and, and my team just do whatever they like. All right, friends, let's move over to our Rockstar team department and let's talk about what it looks like to uh, employ a Rockstar team. Even in this crazy period that we're in where people are not applying for our jobs, do we have a system to attract great people? Somebody is employing the people. Team members are shifting business from one to the other. I have people inside of Salon Master who are recruiting right now. Somebody is recruiting them, and if they're not you, maybe the system is broken. What worked before does not work in 2023 and beyond. We need a system to be able to attract team members. You need team members when you need team members. So um, the second one is how do we induct them? Hey, are you loving this episode so far? Oh, by the way, it's Greta here, Salon Mastery Success Coach at Salon Owners Collective. So I wanted to pop in and ask you something. Do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business? You started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted, earn great money and be a leader. But the reality is, the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success, but how come it doesn't work for you? You wish you had a clear laid out plan, something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually works? In reality, many salon owners feel this way, you aren't alone. If you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine-part plan to grow your salon. That's right, no more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine-part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow, build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine-part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. How do we get them in our business up and running the way that 
we do our business for our brand and we want to get them up and running um, consistently but also income generating as quickly as possible. Other, we want team members to be the, in the investment column, not the expense column. All right, number three is do we have a repeatable system? People can leave at two weeks' notice and sometimes you don't get the luxury of uh, time before you need to recruit somebody else. And if we don't have a repeatable system that we can open the drawer, take our recruitment system out of the drawer and install it, it can take somewhere between two and even three months before we replace somebody. You don't have the luxury of having three months with no income generating team members. Um, so you need a system. All right, let's talk about the next one, which is one of my favorites is a winning culture. Oh, I forgot to tell you, make sure that you give it a color, whatever color it is. Are you doing great? Amazing. I have a repeatable system that I can pull out at all the time. And in fact, I'm recruiting all of the time. Um, is it orange? I've got some of the bits, but mostly not all of the bits. And um, readers, I don't have any of the bits. I've got my system and, and my current process is broken. All right, are you ready to talk about a winning culture? Uh, there are three parts, yet again, to a winning culture. And a winning culture is not the winning sales culture. This is what I would call the winning team culture. So the first thing is, do we have a system to install culture? What do you mean by that, Larissa? Well, we need an effective way to intentionally install a positive culture, the heartbeat culture for our team. Now, some of you have a culture, a great culture, because one, you're a great person. Two, you've employed a great person. But if we don't future-proof it and have intent about how we've designed our culture and it's by chance, one person, one or two people leave can be the demise of your future culture. You get one or two bad eggs and it disrupts the whole apple cart. We need to install culture with intent in the store. All right, number two, we need to think about growing our own. Now, we need to be able to recruit great income-generating people, but that is not foolproof enough in today's environment. I do believe we need the next generation up and coming underneath, so you always have the next generation of people uh, up and coming when you need some income-generating people. We need to future-proof not only ourselves but the industry. So if we want to have a high-performing team, we need to be able to grow your own and have a dual strategy. Also, it means that when people get qualified, you have people that are already inducted into your culture and way of doing things, um, and it's really hard sometimes to uh, culturize new recruits. I call them imports. All right, number three is career pathway. People leave you when they run out of future, when they can't see what's next for them and that there's not an obvious next step, whether that's uh, their pay levels, whether that's their career opportunities and extracurricular things that they get to do inside of your business. You need to have in 2023 and beyond, you need to have a career pathway so they can see what's next for them and you need to be a step ahead of them so they're not coming and asking you for a pay rise, <clears throat> but you've already laid it out for them. So in terms of building a winning culture, people want to be on the winning team. They want to know that you have the success path for them to to succeed inside of their career. So when you think about installing a communication uh, culture for your team and your heartbeat, growing your own and having a career pathway right from apprentice and trainee all the way to executive and master stylist, uh, I want you to rate yourself. Are you red? Are you orange? 
bits or are you green? Now, if you don't have the lovely colours, then you can just say one is for winners, two or three. All right, let's talk about being a motivating manager now. There are three parts to being a motivating man manager, and the first one is being a best boss. Do you know what? I want my, you know, well, let me say this. Everybody is going to leave you at some point. And when people leave, I want them to leave and remember that I was the best boss that they ever had. So in order for you to be the best boss, you need a strategy in place to become the best boss intentionally that you have a plan to manage the humans inside of your business. Number two is you know how to need to know how to do performance management. So we do, so we need to be a best boss, but not just because everybody likes you, <laughs> but because they trust you. But sometimes even the great people go bad. How are we going to manage the tricky behavior, but also the great behavior? So performance management. We need a plan for when things go great and when things go not so great. Number three, we need to be able to grow a management team. As we grow through the different stages and phases of business, when we're a small operator, when we're primarily serving clients ourselves, when we're in the management phase, when we have a team of between four and eight and we primarily have to turn our attention to human management or whether we're in the CEO phase, which is eight team members and above, when you're starting to uh, remove yourself from operations, you're going to have to start to grow a management team. And so you need a plan on who you need and what seat in your business as it grows. Management team. All right, so if you think about being the best boss and being intentional about that, if you think about the tools that you have in place to do performance management when things go great and when things don't go so great, and in terms of uh, not being the only leader inside of your business, do you have a plan for this? So if you have a plan and you're all over it, like white on rice, as I think is the saying, then you might give yourself a one. If you think, oh, I'm kind of started, I've got some things in place, but I've got some work to be done, you can give yourself a two. Or if you're like, oh my goodness, um, there's some work to be done here and my house is on fire, so to speak, give yourself a three or a red all right, we're in the last piece, and this is where we focus on you, the business owner. So I want to start first with smooth operations. As a business CEO, one of your roles is to look after the systems and processes inside of your business. And I believe systems and processes shall set you free. And all of the business know-how and processes should not be owned by you. Otherwise, you end up catching what I call fireballs. You're catching one thing that's on fire and out of control to another thing in business and life is crazy. So we need systems and processes inside of our business so we have uh, a little bit of sanity. So I'm going to go, number one is systems and processes. How well do you have systems and processes installed inside of your business? Number two, how well have you documented this is how we do it here. Do you have it documented so everybody's not asking you and they can consult? This is how we do it here. Consistency builds a culture and we don't want people messaging us 24-7. We do like to speak to them, of course, but Maybe not 24-7. It's a heavy load. Number three, if we want to grow a scalable business, we need to be able to have what I call business in a box. At some point, you're going to want to sell your business. And even if you don't want to sell, the fact that you can and you have choice if you need to is super liberating and really empowering. And in order to do that, 
and to fetch the best price or at least feel you have the freedom to do that. You need business in a box, business in a box. When I sold my business, I handed them just like a franchise might. This is how you run the business. All my business was in a box and this is how you run it. And when you do that, you have the freedom to charge at a premium. So if you think about operations and how tightly sewn that up, sewed up that is, are you at a three, a two, or a one? One is one is for winners and uh, the colour is green. Let me know how you're doing on that. Let's pop into powerful profits. I love to talk about powerful profits. Money does make the world go round. It is the currency, right? Um, and too often we're fearful of money and we shouldn't be. Instead of being fearful from it, we need to be able to harness it and feel powerful over it. We can't be fearful of things that we have power over. So the first thing that you need to do is actually be prepared. Number one is be prepared for profit. We need a profit plan. Uh, in order to be profitable, you need to be profitable to be future-proofed. So tomorrow when your team turn up and your clients turn up at your door, that there is a business to turn up to. It is your duty as a CEO to be sensible and smart about how you manage money. And so we want a plan for being profitable. You need a plan and you need to pair, prepare for profit. Number two is that we need to have a reporting system that speaks back to us and tells us how we're doing so we can catch it. Just like a dashboard on a race car, when you're going to run out of petrol, if you're driving too fast or if you're not driving fast enough. So I call this the CEO dash. We need a reporting system so we can become a data-driven CEO. I call it powerful profits because when you're in the know and knowledge is power, you can be in the power seat and it's the driver's seat of, of the money and have uh, become, you know, as creative entrepreneurs, we're not typically data-driven and we're not typically numbers-driven, but to become a data-driven decision-maker is super powerful. We can mix a little bit of uh, gut instinct along with the numbers. It puts us in a good place. All right, so I want you to rate yourself red, green, or orange. Last, but certainly not least, is all about you. And I call this the inner CEO. There are a couple of things as a, as a powerful business person that you need to have under control. And number one is actually your role. As your business grows from operator to manager to the CEO, you need to be clear about what stage and phase your business is and what role you need to play inside of your business at different times. It's the lack of clarity in our role versus other people's that can put us into hot water and juggling all of the different responsibilities and we can get overwhelmed really, really easily. Number two is a little bit of self-mastery. A little bit of self-discipline around running the business side of things. Uh, a little bit of self-discipline and self-mastery goes a long way. Business is exciting. It is thrilling. And it's really easy to fall into the shiny object syndrome. But sometimes we have to have the discipline to do the boring parts of business. And that sometimes requires a little bit of self-mastery. Number three is having a strategic plan. And I want to congratulate you. You are starting your first strategic plan right now. This is part of the strategic planning process. But I want you to have a strategic plan so you know what you're working on um, now and what's going to be next. So for the right stage and phase of business, you are working on the right things. So you so growth is 
inevitable. Does that make sense? So if you're thinking about clarity of your role, your ability to be uh, self-disciplined and have self-mastery and actually having a plan to do business, how would you rate yourself? Are you red, green, or are you orange? Now, when we look at this uh, overall, I'm just going to put a little color there. What I want you to do is have a look at each of those sections. This is giving you the roadmap, an early high-level roadmap into the areas of your business that needs attention. And my suggestion is if you've got pieces of the business that are on fire in the red, then we need to start there and start with that first. That makes sense, right? All right. What's next? It's your turn. What I want you to take do now is to take the two weakest parts of your business. These would be the parts that are causing you the most grief and the most stress right now. And if you can narrow down to some of those key points that I've pointed out, of those, I want you to highlight which is the part that um, is causing you the most grief. Maybe you've got this bit sorted. Maybe you've got this bit sorted but this bit is not sorted, so we know that where we need to focus the attention, but this is the area that needs the most attention right now. So whatever that is for you, I want you to write your plan here, and my suggestion is that we don't have more than two focuses at once. You're a smart business person. You can do all of the things. I believe that you can, and I believe in you, but you can't do it all at once, and so part of the self-discipline uh, and self-management is that we can be focused and complete the things that are on our plan. So what I'd like you to do now is decide on your focus area. So it might be uh, strategic planning, whatever that is, and then you can start to itemize your uh, plan from there. Plan one, plan two, all right, I hope this has been super useful and uh, valuable for you today. Um, taking this a business assessment is the first part of strategic planning. And um, now I want you to take the time to, uh, through here, I've talked through those different pieces so you can have a look and go a little bit more in depth than we have today. Um, and just remember, if you need some help in um implementing and rolling out your strategic plan that I want to encourage you to reach out. Um, I work with salon owners through a strategic planning process to help you implement all of the nine parts of the business plan and get all of those uh, nine parts of the plan into the green, out of the red, out of the orange and into the green. And so I work with salon owners from all around the world with teams for four or more and um, smashing 7 or 8K, but don't worry if you're below that. Um, I have a program for smaller salons also, but if you want some help and you want to uh, work through implementing your strategic plan so you can have a successful, predictable business that works without you, doesn't mean that you're not leading from the front, but it's not reliant upon you every day just to open its doors. Then uh, if you're willing, open and coachable, and you're prepared to put the right strategic plan in place, uh, and you're a massive action taker, then look, message me, reach out. Maybe I can help you implement your plan and build your business into salon mastery. All right, it's been nice hanging out. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. 
subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.